It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Got another good one for you today. Going to be joined by co-host Wes Goldberg in just a minute. But the Dubs lose a tough one to the Houston Rockets. But that doesn't mean it was all bad. There were some positives to take from this game, especially this season. There's going to be positives to take from every game. It's a season about development, and I think we saw some last night. Going to talk about that coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. Dubs handed another loss by the Houston Rockets. And as fun as that win against the Portland Trailblazers was, we knew that these losses were coming. And we also kind of know that they're for the best at the same time. The blueprint is develop and lose. They need to do it to get that draft pick, to get that higher asset. But the good thing is we've seen development in each game. Going to bring in the man himself from Houston, Wes Goldberg, co-host Wes Goldberg. Wes, my man on the ground in Houston. (laughs) How how was that game tonight, my guy? (laughs) It feels like we just talked, but um, it was was (laughs) full, full disclosure to our listeners. We definitely recorded this podcast already. And uh, the recording didn't take. The, the the podcast gods were not happy with it, so they told us to redo it. And I think Wes, the Warriors we'll always, might have wanted. We'll always have the memories, though. We'll always have. We the will. <laughs> you and I know how good the podcast yeah, was. Exactly. Nobody else will. But I think the Warriors might have wanted to redo on that game. To be honest, <laughs> I mean that that second and third quarter that like they had the the Rockets went on a run fueled by James Harden at the end of the second and the beginning of the third quarter that just blew the game open and. You know, this Warriors team that kind of felt like they were figuring things out and had a little bit of momentum just completely fell apart. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of saw it coming. Uh, I'm sure James Harden had wide eyes coming into this one as a a, a get-right game, so to speak, because he's been struggling. And, you know, the, the truth of the matter is with this roster, he's going up against a, a two-way rookie. So I'm sure he was pretty excited, struggled in the first quarter. Like, it was kind of an ugly struggle for him he's getting all the shots right. that he wants to get but just clanking them and then in the second went for 20 and then just took over in the third uh after i think like three four minutes in the third warriors are down 20 and you know good effort by them but it's kind of what you expected against this houston rockets team and look i mean you, you mentioned it but Harden walking into this matchup understanding that he's going a two-way guy in kai bowman and a rookie in jordan Poole. Poole specifically, who has been struggling to stay in front of anybody all season, let alone it being James Harden. And he did. He struggled to stay in front of him. And Harden was aggressive early, as he was wont to do, but um, he missed some shots. And then he kind of finally got going in the last five and a half minutes of that first half. 
accounted for, I think, all 26 points, whether or not he was like the last 26 points for Houston, which were all either his assists or his scoring. So he he found a way to take over. It continued into the third uh, quarter. They opened up a 20-point lead, and at that point it was it was over. And Steve Kerr, after the game, actually had mentioned that he wasn't thrilled with the way that his team responded, that the whole point of the season really is to just sort of keep playing and keep playing hard because that's the way these guys are going to earn spots in the NBA in the future, and he didn't see that out of his team in the second half. As far as the Warriors were concerned, I think there was kind of like three different levels of play, bad, acceptable, and good, and the bad (laughs) was – Willie Cauley-Stein, uh, Marquise Chris, and Jordan Poole. Willie Cauley-Stein, I, I am still giving the benefit of the doubt since he missed all of training camp, but there's a, a, a time limit on that. That doesn't last all year. So another week or two of, of kind of these, these lackadaisical performances, I mean, I don't know what Steve will do about it. I, I try and figure something else out. Um, Marquise Chris, after a good preseason, has not looked good, especially tonight. He struggled. Uh, and you thought he might be a little up for this game after he spent a couple months in Houston, but not much from him tonight. And then Jordan Poole, the most important one, because he's looked at as part of the future. Two of them from two of eight from three for eight points. Again, he's a guy that's got the entire year to develop, but uh, I'd just like to see him taking better shots. I don't mind Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who had a couple of really nice preseason games and everybody was in love with him. Oh, yeah, he's so confident. He loves how aggressive he is as a shooter. And then he gets really confident. He gets really aggressive as a shooter. And he starts missing a bunch of shots. And all of a sudden, this guy that everybody's talking about being not scared and, and you know, lying him over it, it's like, maybe you should be scared, man. You're shooting like 20% from the floor. Maybe you should be a little scared to shoot the ball. There was a, there was a, a play in the game where he – he he had James Harden one-on-one on the perimeter. James Harden not a great defender. And he should have been able to take Harden off the dribble, maybe make a move at all, but he just had no idea what to do. He ends up just running towards the baseline and jacking up a three-pointer from like three feet away. Terrible shot selection. But even worse was the fact that it was kind of obvious that he couldn't do anything with the ball. Like he can't – he doesn't have that extra gear or those moves to take a guy off the dribble. And when we look at a guy like Jordan Poole, who doesn't project to have a very high ceiling defensively, if, if he's just going to be a catch-and-shoot guy, he's got to be able to do something else, especially as a first-round pick, if he's going to carve out a niche. And if it's not going to be defense, well, then it's got to be having some sort of thing to do offensively, which if, if it's just like dribbling in a straight line, that'd be great, but he's even struggling to do that right now. Yeah, you. I mean, you nailed it. You, just, yeah, you need more. You need more. But the, the positive is that he's still a rookie and still has the rest of the year and summer to really get it together to potentially contribute to a playoff team. Obviously, anything he does this year is just for his own development, which is the the positive in his struggles, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he's playing more than he was supposed to in the first place. So as long as he's – if you can look at the tape and learn from it, then that's great. As far as the average to – I mean, I'd even call him good because these – three well two of the three are rookies and one of them is a second year player uh i'd say spellman had himself a really nice game he was six of six from the field seven rebounds three assists 13 points and one of the good things is again he's he knocked down another jumper 
you know, my thing is when you hear about a big man who's got a silky smooth jumper, it's it's nice to see him go in, which they weren't up until a couple games ago. So he's been able to continue that and high energy and good rebounding. I mean, he's he's definitely turned it around since preseason where it looked like him getting that uh, third-year option picked up was a, a pretty easy no, which turned into a pretty easy yes, I guess. Yeah, this is going to be like kind of the, the, the year of the hot or not center. And for the preseason, it was Marquise Chris who's hot. And right now, it's Amari Spellman. He's the guy that's hot right now, right? He's, he's the guy that's moving up in the rotation, earning more and more minutes. He went 6-6 six six tonight. I was talking with him earlier. He says he's in great condition, that he's feeling good. Um, you know, his, his, the, the reported target weight he had in training camp of 245, 250, that's kind of out the door now since he's playing so much center. He says he wants to be around 260. He's at 265 right now. So, you know, he'll cut out a few more chicken wings, get down to his playing weight. And then if he keeps playing like this, he's just going to keep earning more and more minutes. And you talked about Willie Collie Stein a little bit earlier. Like at some point, he might start eating into those minutes as well. So he's, he's right now the hot center. Yeah, definitely. And then the other two that played well, the two rookies, uh, Eric Paschal, 6 of 15 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, only one personal foul. I thought the team actually did a, a pretty solid job of not fouling Harden too much. I mean, he still got his free throws, obviously, but uh, a team full of rookies, you could have you told me that Harden shot 40 free throws, and I wouldn't have been surprised. But uh, I thought they did a pretty good job, and Paschal was part of that. He did struggle against P.J. Tucker and some of the size of Capella. But, again, that's one of the situations where you have to take a step back, recognize he's a rookie, and look at the fact that on a off night, so to speak, he still had 19 and was 50% from three. Exactly. And, you know, he came out shooting a lot of threes. I thought he was settling a little bit. Finally got into a rhythm and started getting to his spots. Had a really nice two-handed dunk in the second quarter that kind of was like the last hurrah moment for the Warriors in the game. And that's like – directly after that James Harden went on his run so he had to like the last exclamation point for the Warriors of the game but um you nailed it with 19 points on an off night on a, in a tough matchup it's pretty good and then the last one Kai Bowman only eight points on three and nine shooting but he was two of three from three with four assists and again only two personal fouls for a guy who was guarding James Harden most of the night um that's just a tough matchup no matter what though and Harden was able to get his uh, against a two-way rookie but again when it comes down to the Warriors are looking for a backup point guard and they thought it might be Jacob Evans and now the way you see Kai Bowman is playing especially going two or three from three and knocking down threes in the last couple of games I just I, I, I keep being more and more intrigued by him I mean I w- I'd have to check the totals but I wouldn't be surprised if he's played more NBA minutes than Jacob Evans already <laughs> he might have actually that's a good point but uh, in, you know specifically had a really nice move in the game where he actually had a step back three, very hard on the ass and drained it. It was silk. It was really nice. And this is a, he's been working on, you know, taking shots off the dribble a little bit more. It's not something that he's accustomed to doing, especially from his days at Boston college. So um, to see that it's starting to fall a little bit and going two for three and hitting some threes lately, it's a good sign for him. Definitely. And there were a couple of players who actually played really well. And we're going to get to them in just a minute. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? 
Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But first, you know what my favorite part about this time of year is? Sweater weather leaves on the ground and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. One last time, that is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. There were a couple of players who actually played really well. It was obviously Alec Burks who ended up with 28. And I thought Glenn Robinson had himself a nice game, but I want to start with Burks because good game, no question. Obviously happy to see a guy have a good game. But for me, when it comes to a player like him, this is kind of a trade value showcase for him. The more he has good games, the more his trade value is going to go up. And the fact he's on a one-year deal, you have to imagine that he's going to be a guy that's going to get moved eventually. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to score 28 points every night, but it's telling that he was the only guy who was able to find cracks in Houston's defense. And Houston's defense, by the way, came into the game with the third west, third worst defensive rating in the league. And a lot, like the Warriors struggled with it. They, it's an aggressive switching scheme, and the Warriors' young players had a hard time sort of prodding and being patient enough to figure out, okay, what, what sort of actions do we need to get to to get to the matchups that we need? But Alec Burks was the only guy because he's that veteran, because he's seen every defense that there is at this point. He was the guy that was able to see the bigger picture and get to his spots and get to the matchups that he wanted and capitalize on them. And so those are the sort of things that teams, when it gets to you know these playoff pushes, and the Warriors will inevitably be, inevitably be out of it by the trade deadline, he's a guy who could have value on the open market. Absolutely. Three of eight from three. He also had eight rebounds and three assists. He's been good. And I know some listeners might think, well, why don't the Warriors just keep him? The reason is just because he's on a minimum contract. So if he outplays right. that, he's going to go make more money somewhere else because of the Warriors' luxury tax. They can't pay him any more than something like a 20% raise. And if they can retain him on a 20% raise, it means he's not putting up 28-point games. So <laughs> that's, that's right. That's part of it. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention is Glenn Robinson the third. He had 15 points. Uh, 6 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, and 11 rebounds. He's a sneaky good rebounder uh, for a 6-6 small forward. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that, like, the more I watch this team, uh, you, you you know, part of what you try to do when you're watching this team is, all right, who fits in with the core foundational pieces? You know, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Who fits with them? Whose games could be elevated by playing next to them? And to me, Glenn Robinson is the prime example of that. He's a guy who, like you said, he does the dirty work. I mean, 
of his 11 rebounds, five of them were offensive rebounds. That's huge. That's what got Alfonso McKinney a job last year, right, was his ability to do that, to, to get put backs off of missed shots. Glenn Robinson can do all of that Alfonso McKinney style, but he can also do the things that McKinney couldn't do, like shoot and dribble and play defense. And so I think you pair him then as you know a seventh or eighth guy on this roster, you surround him with that kind of talent, you, you ask him to just do a little bit less and, and play off of those guys. He's a really good off-ball cutter. He can, he can pass a little bit. Um, you, you, you trust him to make a dribble or two and go towards the rim, and then obviously the rebounding. Uh, you know, with his contract the way it is, you know, set up for that second year, I think he sticks around, and I think he's he's a, a, a nice little piece for them next season. Yeah, he's a guy I would not mind them keeping around. Uh, if they find some sort of good deal, good trade for him, sure, take it. But I was asked about him recently, you know, do I like him? And I was, yeah, I definitely like him. It's just the trouble is everyone on this team is playing so far ahead right now. I like him as a seventh or eight man off the bench, definitely. But as far as the starting small forward, uh, at least moving into next year, not really. But for, for right now, I think he's doing a, a hell of a job and, you know, showcasing himself a little bit just in case. Yep. Warriors also came out with some injury news recently that we're going to get to in just a second. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Adobe. At CDW, we get your organization can be demanding. We know you're in there. I know. The marketing team's outside my office. They want their Adobe update now. With Adobe's value incentive plan, deployed by the experts at CDW, you can quickly and easily manage software subscriptions for the whole team. On Acrobat and Creative Cloud? All included. Cool. Guys, I'm coming out. Don't hurt me. For a satisfied digital workforce, you need Adobe and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash adobe. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. All right, Wes, a little house cleaning here. The Warriors came out the other day with some updates for their injured players, or at least a couple of them. We all know Steph. We won't hear from him for, uh, what, till February 1st, and then Clay right. not until after the All-Star break at least. Uh, but Draymond Green is out for the road trip, which, uh, you know, with that ligament in his finger, whatever it is, I still maintain that it's stuff that he has played through before, but it's better for him at this point to heal up as much as possible. So he's going to be out for the entire road trip, which is understandable. The one that uh, people can make an easy, stupid headline out of is that D'Angelo Russell will be playing in Minnesota on Friday. And <laughs> Minnesota was the, the other suitor for, for D'Angelo Russell, but I, I don't think there's anything to it. I mean, they, they like him. <laughs> and it's, they're going to continue right. to like him whether he plays there or not. Yeah, that's exactly right. This is, they, they were trying to get D'Angelo Russell. They were really, really going after him. There was a point where I think they thought that they had him, and then they didn't. The Warriors got him. So they're going to continue to want him probably. You know, D'Angelo Russell's relationship with Carl Anthony Towns is well documented. They're really, really great friends. So maybe there's a situation down below the road where they're able to sort of, you know, play together in, in some team. But, um, 
you know, for D'Angelo, I was talking with some people in the team today. They fully expect him to play against Minnesota. I think it's just coincidental that his ankle is, is healthy and right. I don't think that there's any rush to get him out there to lose against the Rockets because I don't think he would have made much of a difference tonight. But um, against Minnesota, they're very hopeful that he's going to play. I mean, barring him, you know, rolling the other ankle between now and Friday, he'll play. And the last one that is, I guess, looked at as positive is Kavon Looney is going to be reevaluated in two weeks, and they're happy with what they've heard from the specialist that he went and saw uh, regarding yeah. this nerve issue, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, and I think that's the key there is now that we're starting to hear new phrases and new words. You know, it's gone from neuropathic condition. Well, it went from hamstring to neuropathic condition, and now we're starting to hear nerve issues. And so I think they're starting to define a little bit more about what's going on, and I think so. When you look at this, when you look at this news, that's the key: is that okay? They're figuring it out. They're meeting with specialists. They're optimistic, and the key there is that they are optimistic that he'll play again because that wasn't a guarantee, right? We didn't know what was really going on with him, and when you don't know what's going on, you don't know what the timetable is. And now, granted, they still don't know what the timetable is. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks, and they will set a return timetable for that for at that point. But the key there is that they are going to set a return timetable. We had no idea what was going on. It could have been career-threatening. Like, I just, like, I don't think there's hyperbole. We just didn't know what was happening. So, um, knowing that they're optimistic and that they're hopeful that he'll get onto the court this season is huge for them. It's huge for Kavon. Um, you know, not just this season because you want to get him out there and, and see what he looks like with all these guys, but for next year, obviously. Definitely. That's good news. Good news all around. Uh, Wes, before we go, where can our listeners find all your work covering the Golden State Warriors. Just go to the Mercury News website. You can pick up a newspaper if that's your fancy, or you just follow me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. And keep listening to Locked On Warriors too, you guys. Uh, before we go, man, I intrigued myself with that Kai Bowman, Jacob Evans uh, uh, minutes total. And it turns out Jacob Evans, 247. Kai Bowman after tonight, 163. So by the time Jacob Evans returns, Kai Bowman's going to have the edge on him in NBA minutes. So. Uh, and I think we'll he's older, so. Yeah, right, really. We'll see. the These young, these veteran rookies, man. That was the other thing. Eric Paschal turned 23 the other day. And D'Angelo yeah. Russell, right, was giving him trouble, like, happy birthday, Rook. It's like, I'm the same age as you, man. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Uh, Fun fact, Paschal. Eric Paschal is older than Jason Tatum. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's crazy. Same age as Kevon Looney, too, who feels like he's been in the league for 12 years now. That's yeah, but Kevon Looney looks thirty. So yeah, that's that's the thing. Kevon <laughs> Looney has the look of a a uh, a retiree. Yeah, uh, a little a little house cleaning moving forward. Wes has a crazy travel day uh, on Friday, and then I am out of town myself. So no show on Friday, but we'll be back on Monday with more Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. San Jose Sharks hockey is back, and we've got you covered five days a week at Locked On Sharks. I'm Kyle Demetrius. I'm J.D. Young. I'm Eric Fowle. Together we make sure you're never without your Sharks programming. Will the Sharks make a trade for a right winger? We got you covered. Will Eric Carlson's groin hold up for the entire season? We've got you covered. Whatever happens with Team Teal every day, we've got you covered at Locked On Sharks five days a week on the Locked On Podcast Network.
This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.